0: This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com.
1: We have been doing our series of power rankings for position groups here on the Steelers Standard as we work our way through the offseason. We finished the offense. We did edge rusher on some episode that we did last week. So you can go back and take a listen. You can find all of our episodes that we've ever done. Apple, Spotify, Steelers.com, Steelers app, wherever you find your podcasts, we make it super easy for you to go back and listen or to listen to the latest content that we've produced for you guys. But on this episode, we're going to look at the defensive line position. We're going to talk about those gentlemen with their hands in the dirt, in the trenches, taking on those massive offensive linemen down in and down out as they try to stuff the run, get to the passer. there. Really incredible athletes when you think about it. They, they have to carry so much weight. I don't Nodgy, I don't mean that as far as fat's concerned. Some of them might have a little bit of a gut, but it's a ton of muscle too and just a lot of coordination that they have to have with so much mass that they're working with. So these guys are really some of the most respected position group I have in the league. And when you want to have a winning football team, it can go a long, long way to have someone at the very, very top. Uh, are at the very front of your defense, uh, just controlling the line of scrimmage. So without further ado, let's get into our top 10. Let's do it. I don't even know if we need an honorable mention just because it's it's tough again to get down to yeah, the I'm thick of it. these lifts. But <clears throat> I'm going to start with a player for the Washington football team. And the Washington football team is the only team that has two players in my top 10 as far as their defensive line is concerned. Wow. So Washington football teams, or should I say commanders because that's their name now. It's got a lot building with those two, and then, of course, you've got Chase Young as the prolific edge-rushing rookie, so a lot up front for them, but Darren Payne, He's going to be my number 10 on this list. Uh, In contract negotiations with Washington, obviously, as he's going to be entering his fifth year in the league. But you want to talk about a guy that plays every game, man. He's only missed one game in his entire career. 16 games played as a rookie. All of them started. Then 15 games played as a sophomore. He only started nine. But then 16 and 16 in 2020 and 17 and 17 last year. He always gets some sacks. He has five as a rookie as his high mark, but four and a half sacks is what he had last year but his ability to just stop the run and just be a force in the middle of that defense he had a career high in quarterback hits last year with 15 um he's not going to get the shine he's going to always probably be the third fiddle between chase young and jonathan allen uh the latter who will appear on my list a little later but I, i that's a great trio they have up front there in washington and and darren payne Maybe he'll get a little. I don't want to say he'll be injured because it's clearly not like that, or he'll be maybe get a little Steph Tuitt syndrome going on where he's so good, but he's almost the forgotten one just because there's so much talent around him at that same group on his same team. Very
2: possible. Uh, I actually don't have him on my list. By the way, Tuitt, probably in your top 10 if he's Absolutely. Still, yeah, I, I actually so. wanted to say that when we were talking about uh, top or er, possible honorable mentions, but without a doubt, Tom, I don't think you can, you can make the argument that. He, he he should have been left off.
1: So Darren Payne, congratulations! You're on Tom's top ten because Steph two retired. Oh wow, congrats! It's great news for congrats. Darren Payne.
2: Uh, my top ten guy, my number ten guy, Yannick Ngakwe. So he's now going from. A couple of different places. I think he's he's hopped around from, where was it, Minnesota to Baltimore to Vegas. I think he could find his home here. He's been a little bit of a mercenary. I think he's going to find his home now on probably the best defense he's played on since leaving Minnesota, and that is with the Indianapolis Colts. I think there's another guy on this list. You said you only have... The Commanders is the only team with two people on the same team, or is the only team with two guys. I have the Colts as my only team with two guys on the same team. Um, but, yeah, I got into Gakwe, and I think playing alongside someone who I'll mention later, DeForest Buckner, is going to help him a lot. So I know he's been kind of a journeyman, but it's he's still very young, so I kind of like his chances of maybe having a little burst in his step this year.
1: Number nine for me, I go to Atlanta. Ooh. And Grady Jarrett. Hey, yeah, I got Grady Jarrett as well. Six foot, three hundred and five pounds. So he's not necessarily the biggest guy as far as his, you know, height is concerned. Mm-hmm. But my God, does he use that quickness and that leverage to really get after? You know, he's not Aaron Donald, but I guess you could call him maybe a poor man's Aaron Donald just because of that. You know, people would say, oh, he's too small for that position, but he uses that his his size to his advantage uh, with that leverage and. You know, not amazing sack numbers last year. Uh, he only had one sack, in fact, for the year prior. He's at 26.5 for his career. He always plays, though. He barely ever has missed a game. I think he's missed only about four or five games in his entire career. Uh, 12 quarterback hits last year 21 the year prior to that uh, the guy has just been a force in that Atlanta defense and and was a force in that Atlanta defense um, when Atlanta was you know going to playoffs and going to the Super Bowl he was a a big factor too so he's been around the block for a while he will be entering into I believe his seventh eighth year in the NFL so veteran presence from Grady Jarrett um, but Mm -hmm. one of the more underrated players because he plays in Atlanta and Atlanta stinks Atlanta stinks. You really don't get the shine, especially <laughs> when your team stinks, it's really hard to get the credit at that position. And, and the it.
2: problem, too, is that over the past couple of years, people were saying, oh, well, it wasn't Matt Ryan's fault. The defense was really bad, but really Grady Jarrett was the only player, that, only was, player there and... that was serviceable and that was worth keeping, right? Now now Atlanta's just in this free fall. I don't even know if they're really even trying to rebuild. Like, we talked about the Houston Texans in our last episode with doing our NFL tiers, And we at least said it's not the Texans' fault. They're not a bad team. I mean, yeah, they are, but at least they're building towards something. I don't know what the Falcons are really building
1: toward, right? Building towards probably getting either a top five pick next year to get a good quarterback, or maybe they think they have somebody in Ritter. Right. But the only
2: thing is that even if they get that quarterback, there aren't enough pieces around him. Where we're looking at guys, we're looking at teams like the Jets and. The Lions and the Jaguars, and we were saying, "Oh, these teams are really building towards something. They just need that one piece." Right. I don't think I, I don't think a quarterback's going to help Atlanta. But getting back to it, yeah, I agree with you. I like I like Jared, but it's just so unfortunate for him to be on such a bad team.
1: Number eight for me is very very uh, proven veteran uh, in Philadelphia, Super oh. Bowl Super Bowl champion. Uh, definitely spent more years in the top 5 of a list like this than he did towards the bottom half but just getting up there in age now uh he will be number he will be 32 this coming season my god almost a 10 year career already for the man but i, I got fletcher cox checking in here Always such an impactful player as far as either getting to the quarterback, stopping the run. A bit of an everyman when it comes to that uh, unit at the very front. Uh, He's been an AP All-Pro once. He's been on the uh, second team, AP team, three different times. Uh, He's been a Pro Bowler six times. Like I said, he won a Super Bowl. Uh, A great track record for for Fletcher Cox. Going to go down as one of the best Philadelphia Eagles in team history. Borderline Hall of Fame career overall in general, I'd say. Maybe play a couple more seasons at a decent level, and then we'll really start talking about that. But whatever they do in Philadelphia as far as Museum, Hall of Honor, he's absolutely in it. He was right in the heart and soul of that Super Bowl-winning team from Philadelphia. And, again, honestly, the only reason that he's not higher on this list is probably just the age factor. The age. But I could also argue the other way and say the only reason he's on my list right now is because I have a lot of credit for what he's done in this past.
2: I have him a little bit higher, but... My
1: number eight guy, I got Trey Hendrickson. Not on my list. Not on your list? Sneaky, sneaky pick, Cincinnati signing him this past year and then him getting another career high in sacks with them.
2: I mean, it seems like he's going to be a staple on that defense and it seemed like Seattle, I don't know why I was going there, Cincinnati really did themselves a favor by betting on him early and then allowing them to be... The, the favorite to re sign him. I th- I mean, I think he had double digits. I think he had like 12 and a half sacks this year. Maybe he was in the top three of all defensive linemen when it came to sacks in total in 2021. I think he's a really good young piece to have in Cincinnati. I think he's going to be a leader there. Trey Anderson, maybe not the flashiest name, but I think someone who's definitely going to be coming up on people's radars more and more as he as he gets older.
1: Number seven, Going to New York, going to the Jets, and I'm going to take Leonard. Oh, excuse me, the Giants, and I'm going to take Leonard Leonard Williams. Williams.
2: I actually just kept him off my list.
1: He's a force, man. And again, another guy that's just playing on such a crappy team, so it's hard to really comprehend how good he is or understand just how uh, impactful that player is. But uh, on a bad Giants team, he has been a really good player. I Uh, honestly, former Jet, you know, spent his entire career in New York for mm -hmm. both teams. He had 11 and a half sacks in twenty twenty. I mean, and thirty quarterback hits. You want to talk in about twenty twenty
2: or twenty twenty? Twenty twenty.
1: You want to talk about pressure from up the middle. And then the twenty twenty one season, he only had six and a half sacks and fourteen quarterback hits. But, you know, this is a guy who was the uh third in the defensive rookie of the year voting. He's been to a Pro Bowl once in his career. Um I think he's still got a lot of potential. He's only twenty eight years old, and this will be his third. Season with the Giants, his second full season with the Giants after being traded in 2019 to them. So, still trying to break in on a team there. But can you imagine a worst two teams to play for in the That's past why five, I, six years of your career? In fact, I think over the span they are the worst. They are wise.
2: by far. That's why I think I kept him off my list. I could have put on him, put him or uh, Jarrett in. I think when you're looking at guys, good guys on bad teams, it really hinders the individual when they're on such a bad team. So that's why I kept him off my list. But I understand why. I mean, it's it's just such a struggle. I,
1: I don't imagine him enjoying being in New York. No. I can't imagine it either. Um, although he chose, I mean, he didn't choose. He got traded from one New York team to another New York team, but... Again, these guys are hard to really give the credit that they deserve when their team has been so epically bad because, you know, what do you really get from a, a dominant down lineman when your team is just terrible all around? It's it's not really that, you know, jaw dropping or it doesn't really jump off the page what Leonard Williams would do, but I, I think he is a really, really good player and I think he does deserve a, a No, good I, I
2: don't disagree. I think he's great, but You're it's it's just so it's just so unfortunate to see someone as talented as he is on such a bad team. Uh, Back-to-back bad teams. Right, right. My number seven guy, uh, a little bit younger, uh, I got Vita Vea here. He's my number six. Oh, there you go. So Vita Vea, I mean, what can you say? He had uh, only four sacks, but that really is not representative of his his overall play. I think he is, when people look to the Tampa Bay defense, how we kind of did in the last episode with Tom Brady being the focus of that that particular conversation, you we we were saying how Brady did a good job of going from one team in New England hopping to the other team in Tampa Bay because there was there was evidently more talent there in Tampa Bay, and I think you could say that the Tampa Bay defense it, 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 the start it's the talent starts with Vita Vea.
1: Well, literally, it yeah. does because he's the first right. he's the first uh, defense line of defense, but. I think it's a stat that's very interesting to me is in 2020, so not this past year, but in the year prior, Vita Vea fractured his ankle in week five for the Buccaneers. Uh, Now, the Buccaneers had a fine season without him, still moving forward, but they were only giving up 2.8 yards per carry on the ground. When he got hurt, that number jumped up to four yards per carry for the rest of the season. They're always at the top as far as best run defense is concerned Mm -hmm. in the NFL, when Vita Vea is healthy, was the same story last year. Top five run defense in the league, and it starts with Vita Veya up front. And by the way, those four sacks were a career high last year for him too. So, and who knows what if he hadn't gotten hurt in 2020, could have had more. But it is just a he is, I, I one of the best run stuffers sure. in the NFL for sure. And I
2: think he had five and a half stuffs. I don't know if that's an official category here, but I'm on. ESPN.com right now and they have him at five and a half.
1: Well, then I guess it's official and that sounds like a lot of stuff to me. I don't want to say that it's bad because Vitavea is such a great player. It has to be good. Uh, but you're right about him being, you know, the front and center of that Bucks defense that where it really starts mm-hmm. and it works back from right, him. Right, exactly.
2: Uh, but, Moving on. So he was my number six. You, so who's your you're six? number six? My number six was someone you had already on this list. Um, someone you mentioned previously. I have Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox checking in. At hard six. to hard right to leave this guy five. off. Yeah, hard to leave this guy off this list. He's probably I mean, he was a he was an all decades player, right? In for the two thousand and tens. Given how much he has left to play for the twenty twenty decade, he hasn't dropped off at all. As he's gotten older, you could say maybe he's gotten better with age, kind of like a Cam Hayward, aging like a fine wine. So it's very possible this guy, you could see this guy in two all-decade teams. He's the best player on that Eagles defense by far and away. He's the leader of that Eagles defense by far and away. And like like you said, Tom, it's – you just can't leave him off this list. It'd be disrespectful to the NFL to, to not recognize this guy despite him being older. And the reason I have him over someone younger like Vita Vea or Trey Hendrickson or Jarrett is because he's been doing this for so long. I, 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 I like veteranship and I, I like consistency over a more than five-year window, and that's clearly what we've gotten out of Fletcher Cox over his entire career.
1: Jonathan Allen, the second Washington commander to make the appearance I was, I list. I think I do. Also have number five. five. Uh, First-round pick from Washington in 2017. He's made one Pro Bowl in his career, and that was last year. So he is trending upwards. He'll be age 27 when it comes to this coming season. He had nine sacks last year, which is a career high, and there's a ton of pressure coming up the middle. But again, the, the biggest thing that goes with these commanders is they have so much talent between Allen and Payne and Sweat and Chase Young. Mm-hmm. I mean they can get after the quarterback from four or five different places on the field. And it's one of the best, you know, units on paper as far as rushing the quarterback is concerned. But Allen does so much more than just that. You know, he's moved under the inside of the D-tackle spot. He played D-end a little bit. Uh, at the beginning of his career, but you get guys in like Payne and, and chase and sweat. Like you got to bump guys in and he plays the nose now plays D tackle. And that's a lot of pressure coming up the middle, but also a pretty stout run stuffer as well. So I think Jonathan Allen is a, is a marvelous player. And, um, a really great run defender to complement his good passing skills and another thing that was uh to pass rushing skills and another thing right. that was written up about him that's great is he's got a lot of strength to break up double teams mm-hmm. which means he can break up those double teams and get his up uh, his other guys on the offensive line free on one-on-ones or you know push maybe his guy into their guy and free them up that way mm-hmm. so I think Young will probably, as we move forward, get the, the most face. shine, yeah. but I think Allen might be the low-key most important. I
2: mean, he he definitely had his best year of his career last year. He's been in the league, what, I think going on five, It'll maybe six year years now. now. now yeah. Had his best year this past year, and I think what you just said, Tom, is very indicative of that. He's not the shiniest guy, but he can be maybe the most threatening, maybe the most deadliest to... The opposing offense. Or
1: I would say most important to the commander's defense. Right. He, he's, the, he's,
2: the, he's the he's the man on the front
1: line, you know what I mean? And I think that especially his ability to just eat and absorb double teams and break them up. That's, sure. That's so valuable, especially in the middle uh, of a defense like that. Number four, I have DeForest Buckner Ooh. checking in here. Okay, so I think
2: we have the top, same top four guys. Just maybe the order. order.
1: Uh, obviously, I, have, I have
2: Buckner at three
1: Colts got him from the San Francisco 49ers mm-hmm. a couple years ago um, what a great trade that was for them it really helped give um, Darius Leonard another person on that defense to you know work with uh, Buckner up front Leonard in that linebacking core in the middle um, always relatively healthy barely missed any games in his entire career. Uh, always kind of sniffs around that seven sack mark ever since he got his career high of 12 in 2018. He had seven exactly last year. He gets a lot of quarterback hits. So DeForest bunker is a guy that does a bit of everything, where he gets to the quarterback, he hurries the quarterback, he stuffs the run. Um, it, it, it's a Every guy on this list now from the top up is going to be – able to do everything well it's not going to be a oh he's a run stuffer oh he's a pass rusher from mm-hmm. from the middle of the field no like these are your five star players when it comes to defensive linemen and DeForest Buckner is no exception of that rule no not at all
2: and as I said I had him in my number three my number four is Chris Jones who so I'm assuming is your number
1: three Chris Jones is my number yeah. three. That's so, right. so
2: we'll we'll stick to Buckner and then we can move on to Jones. But I think Buckner is I mean, we know um Darius Leonard in the middle is probably the the face of that defense, but I, I, I think you can make the argument that Darius or I'm sorry, that DeForest Buckner is maybe the best player on that
1: defense. Just maybe not the, the
2: because Darius Leonard's <sighs> been there,
1: ooh you think, I think. This a little, a little better. Well I'll we'll be interested to see when we do our inside linebackers power rankings where Leonard ends up. It'll be in the top five. I know that. Oh, for sure.
2: I don't I mean, are we gonna do it I mean, yeah, we have to do are we only doing middle linebackers or are we doing linebackers across the board? Well, I mean outside linebackers are basically edges, so that's okay, so we already did the edges. So just middle linebackers so I mean, he mean it he might be But I think Buckner one. is Buckner made an All-Pro league, made an All-Pro team his first year with the Colts, and I'm telling you, Tom, with the addition of Yannick Ngakwe there, I think it could be the classic case of so many other people we've talked about during our top ten list is you bring in another guy, and that takes all the attention away from you, and you can shine so much brighter than you thought possible. This is. Probably the best defensive linemate that Buckner's going to have in his time spent with the Colts. Uh, He was on that Super Bowl team with the Niners, so I can't really say he had anyone better because he was playing alongside Nick Bosa during that time. So here now in Indianapolis, I think he could have one of his best seasons moving forward with another great defensive lineman playing next to him.
1: Still just 28 years old as well, so a lot of tread left on DeForest Buckner's tires. Chris Jones. My from number four Can-
2: guy, your number three guy.
1: From the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, I think that he was the best player on the Chiefs' defense last year by far. Uh, Super Bowl champion with Kansas City. He's been a Pro Bowler three times. He's been on the second team AP uh, three out of the last four years. So, been a staple as far as the uh, face of the defensive lineman in this league is concerned for a while now. Fifteen and a half career uh, – or fifteen and a half is his career high in sacks. He got that in 2018. He had nine sacks last year. Uh Always getting after the quarterback, always hurrying the quarterback, but never sacrificing the run-stuffing ability either. And when it came to the Chiefs last year, they were a two-man show. It was Tyron Matthew in the back end, and it was Chris Jones up front. And other than that, their defense was abysmal. And I really think that their defense was one of the reasons why they – fell short of the Super Bowl this year, is that they didn't have the defense that could stop a Joe Burrow from making that fourth quarter, second half comeback. So a lot was on the shoulders of Chris Jones, and I'm not sure if they've done anything to really help him take that off of his Mm -hmm. shoulders this year. So it's going to be a lot riding on Chris Jones, and I have no doubt that he'll get his and be dominant and have maybe eight, nine sacks, stuff the run constantly. But... As far as the Chiefs' defense is concerned as a whole, that is one man on an island right now, as far as I'm concerned. It seemed
2: like the Chiefs' goals for the offseason were to help Patrick Mahomes fill the void of Tyreek Hill. Not so much help, help the defense kind of bolster back up after losing someone like Tyron Matthew and helping out someone like Chris Jones, right? They, they prioritize Mahomes over Chris Jones, and can you really blame them when it's Patrick Mahomes?
1: No, of course not. No. You got to prioritize Mahomes.
2: Chris Jones, obviously, I think maybe doesn't get as much credit as he possibly deserves because he plays on the same team as Mahomes. When you're that good of a defensive player, you're going to be, no matter how good you are, you're going to be probably outshined by your quarterback if he's that good. And if you're playing on the same team as Patrick Mahomes, of course, Patrick Mahomes is going to get the spotlight. So I think like there are certain guys like TJ Watt, right? When he played. Last year, he won Depoy, and his quarterback did no favors in order to take any spotlight attention away from him, right? It was all about T.J. Watt. It was it was T.J. Watt's team last year. Even though it was Ben's last year, it really was T.J.'s team. So here it's the, kind of the opposite, whereas Chris Jones is this really stellar player, but he's not going to get that, that attention just because Patrick, teams are going to be worried far more about Patrick Mahomes than they are going to be about one Chris Jones. With the other ten guys playing next to him,
1: number two and number one are obviously Cam Hayward at two and Aaron Donald at number one. You put Cam at two? No surprise yeah, there. Yeah, you, you put, Cam, put, put two Cam, two Cam at two too. Uh-huh. Uh, Cam Hayward, two-time first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro in the year in 2020 that he missed it. So for three straight years, he's at least been on the second-team All-Pro team. He's a guy that's getting better with age. Really, it's incredible. Um, he's only missed two games since 2017. You want to talk about longevity at that position, and he's only had one season where he's really lost games to injury, and that was 2016. Other than that, he's played at least 15 games in every single season. Ten sacks last year was his uh, second season getting double-digit sacks. He had 12 in 2017, which was a career high, and I actually sold him short a little bit. He also made AP first-team pro that year as well, mm-hmm. so he's been on the Pro AP pro three times He's been on one of the AP teams at least four out of the past five years for Mr. Hayward. Um, I mean, an absolute legend when it comes to the Steelers. Probably, uh, I'll go out on a limb here and say maybe the biggest legend in Steelers football history that has not won a Super Bowl. Ooh, ever. Ever.
2: Ooh. You put him over Demarney Dawson. Yep.
1: Ooh. You got more names, or is that all you got?
2: No, I think that's the two biggest names you could really, right?
1: Um, Louis Lips, Louis Lips, but I put him over Louis Lips. I put him over Louis Lips for sure. Oh. AB, but I put him over AB. You gotta, I mean, I just because I hate AB, you, you hate AB, but AB is real close. That's tough
2: in terms of actual quality of player. Not just you're you're you obviously, when it comes to the Steelers, you incorporate importance to the franchise and, and likability. And that's that's where Cam excels, right? He's 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 a great player, and everybody loves him. But I can't even think of someone who was maybe not the best player, but people actually loved just because he was a good person and a good teammate. I, I think those are the top two, right?
1: It has to be the has top. to be the top two, and I don't think you'll get. And any, Cam
2: might be number one, even huh?
1: from the old fogies. I don't think you'll get pushback and no, say Cam is number one, number but one. You, got, on you, this better, list. you better hope that changes, though. Yes, I do. Number one on this list. Aaron Donald, the king. I mean, mm. best defensive player in football, I'd say so. Right right above T.J. Watt still, just barely. But I guess T.J.'s got the record in the deep to say otherwise right now. So those two are neck and neck, but... Uh, what can you say about this guy? Seven times he's been on an all-pro team. He's been to the Pro Bowl eight times. He's won the Depoy three times. He just got his Super Bowl ring last year. And, you know, all the talk in the offseason was, you know, uh, from him when he was, you know, feigning at retirement potentially was, I got my ring. Like, that's the last thing I needed to check off my list as far as accomplishments in the NFL. He's right. That's really all he has left Except to Except for the fact that he still decided to come back. And he's still the best at his position and the best in the sport, maybe. And now he's the highest paid at it. But yeah, I don't think we need to waste much more time talking about Aaron Donald because, I mean, it's Aaron Donald. You're living under a rock if you don't know how great this guy is. <laughs> Literally, I've heard people who have seen him play say he's the closest thing to Mean Joe Green that they've seen since Mean Joe Green. He throws people like ragdolls. Do you think it's Aaron... insane to see how fast he gets into the backfield sometimes?
2: Do you think he should
1: have won Super Bowl MVP over um, Cooper Cup last year? I would not have been opposed to it. What do you have? Two sacks in the Super Bowl, including that la- like the last half, the last yeah. one where he started to walk down the field pointing at the ring finger, saying to give it to me. I mean, he's just, and it's not just the th- the thing about Aaron Donald is. I've never seen a guy who would maybe get shut out of the sack category but still impact the game more than him. Like, he just—he disrupts so many plays for the other man team because he's in the backfield before they can even set things up.
2: I mean, this was a couple of years ago at this point, but when the Rams came to play the Steelers, um, it was obviously you got a game plan for, for Aaron Don. You got
1: a game plan well, for Aaron Well, unless you're Meyer, and then you don't know who he is. Which is ridiculous, but— We should double-team that guy. He looks pretty good, no? 97? What's his name? Number 97? Where'd he go to school?
2: Anyways, I remember that game against the Rams, the only time that we've seen the Steelers go up against Aaron Donald in recent memory because of how the schedule works. And the whole game, it was close, right? And finally the Steelers got ahead and they got their lead. And yet they were... I think the the Rams had to punt the ball, and the Steelers were backed up on their own five-yard line or something, and then Aaron Donald comes in and forces the safety, and then the game is totally different from that point moving on. And then I think the Rams were trying to drive, but then it was Joe Hayden and Mika Fitzpatrick who came up with their own defensive play to secure the win. But that game was over. All the Steelers had to do was kind of run down the clock, but Aaron Donald said, No, I'm going to sack you and then sack you in the end zone to force to give my team two points and get the ball back.
1: He's just that good. I'd love to make Cam Hayward number one, but again, sometimes you're just born in the wrong era. Aaron Donald
2: is a for sure Hall of Famer. First ballot guaranteed. Lock it in right now. Lock
1: it in before the Super Bowl win. I think he's going to go down not only that. He'll go down on the Mount Rushmore of defensive players in football.
2: Is Cam Hayward a Hall of Famer? This is the That'll question that people hall, love to Hall have. of Honor for sure, but with the hall, hall, of of fame, honor guaranteed. hall of Fame will be borderline. He needs to play a couple more years. Did too. he make the 2010 All-Decade team? I think he did. I don't know. I think he might have. I think the only two who have done so was A. B. and um, um, Pouncy.
1: When it comes to he did not. When it comes to Hayward versus versus Donald, it's just a matter of of uh, someone historically great being in front of you. It has yeah. nothing to do with Cam or any negative towards Cam. It's just sometimes you're born in an era I mean, where you have one of the best players ever. But do you agree with what I said that he's going to be on the Mount Rushmore of football players in NFL history, Donald? I don't know who the fourth would be, but right now the top three on my head are Mean Joe, Joe, Laren, Joe Gro, Gro. Gro. Mean Joe, uh, Lawrence Taylor, and then Aaron Donald. I don't know who the fourth, I'd have to struggle to come up with a fourth. There's uh, two for sure that you can put up there. It's Taylor and Joe. Yeah. They're in there no matter what. I think it's Donald. And we'll work on a fourth. Well, you know what? Think about zone? it. We'll talk next yeah, week it's a and good, see that's if you a get good another question. one. But that'll do it for this episode, and that'll do it for our power rankings of defensive linemen. We'll be back again later this week with some fresh episodes for you, so you got something to look forward to, Steelers Nation. But until then, he's Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Opperman, and this has been the Steelers Standard.